Open up your Bibles, John chapter 3. We're in this series on the Gospel of John. We had John chapter 1 where we talked about living in God's light with the power of God's life, where Jesus is our light in our life, John 1. John 2 is Jesus' first miracle at a wedding in Cana and Galilee. We talked about where do you go when your joy dries up. All right, today, John 3, we're introducing a character. It's the beginning in John's gospel where the next several, sec- next several chapters are going to be Jesus in conversation and interaction with a person or persons and the way he relates to them. Today, it's with a religious leader named Nicodemus. And today, we're going to look at the difference between religion and a term called regeneration. All right, look at John 3. Verse 1, here's where we're at. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. So a couple of terms there. Pharisee simply meant he was a very religious man, well studied in the scriptures. He might be considered like fraternal order of religious police. That would be a Pharisee, okay? So Pharisee equals religious man, and then notice it said he's a member of the Jewish ruling council. That's the Sanhedrin, the Jewish Supreme Court. So he's a Pharisee, a religious man. He's a part of the Sanhedrin, which means he's a leader of religious men. And then if you jump down to verse 10, Jesus is going to call him Israel's teacher. So here's Nicodemus, religious man, leader of religious men, and seen as a teacher of all of the nation of Israel. That would be a guy with lots of letters after his name. It would be appropriate to call him Dr. Nick. So we may refer to him as Dr. Nick in the story. Dr. Nick was well-schooled in conversations about the spiritual life and God and faith and all these things. And notice what he does now. Verse 2, he came to Jesus at night. Why would Dr. Nick go to Jesus at night? Because he's not quite sure if he's ready to jump on the Jesus train yet. He's conflicted. He's heard some things about Jesus. His rep, Jesus' reputation is growing. The wedding and the water to wine story rippled out through the community. Those kinds of stories tend to. And there's a lot of dialogue about Jesus that sparked Dr. Nick's curiosity. He wants to have a conversation. He goes discreetly at night so he's not tossed in with those early disciples. You know, he doesn't want to be thrown in with the Peter, James, and John crowd and Mary and all those yet. He wants to go at night. He wants to stay on the down low and have a conversation with Jesus, which is a great picture, right, of the magnetic power of Jesus. Even those who aren't quite sure are still drawn like, but I want to talk to him. Jesus was the kind of person that people wanted to be around and have conversation with. It doesn't mean they always enjoyed the conversation because the topics tended to bring decisions up that maybe they weren't ready to make, but he was the kind of person people just generally wanted to be around. Where Jesus was, crowds of people gathered. That's a good picture for us who are following Jesus. Are we the kind of person that in general people enjoy being around? That's a good marker for growth in Jesus, that people just generally enjoy being around you, and that's the kind of person Jesus was, even at night with Dr. Nick. He comes, look, Nick says to him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. See that? So he's saying, hey, he's referencing back, right? Hey, there's been a reputation growing here, and Jesus jumps right into the topic. No small talk with Jesus usually just jumps right into. He knows Nicodemus wants to have a dialogue, and look, Jesus replies, verse 3, I tell you the truth. 
No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Underline the phrase born again in your Bibles. So Jesus jumps right to the question at hand. You can't see the kingdom of God. That's Bible speak for you can't join God's family. You can't have the promise of life in heaven. You can't have the eternal kind of life now. You can't be a part of God's family unless you're born again. Now, Nicodemus would have taught many classes on the topic of how you can see the kingdom of God. He would have had all kinds of dissertations written, perhaps given a lecture that week about it. So Nicodemus would have been teaching this. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you live by God's laws. So adherence to God's laws makes entrance into God's kingdom. That would have been a very common class he would have taught. So it would be the better you know God's laws. So obey God's laws equals joining God's family. That's how Nicodemus would have approached the conversation. So when he says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God, Nicodemus would have probably wanted to finish the sentence for him unless he obeys the law of God. And Jesus says, unless he is, in the key phrase, first time Jesus has used this, unless he is born again. Now look at verse 4. How can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. So what's Nicodemus hung up on? What we often are when we read Jesus' stories at times. We're like, we're just kind of looking at the physical here and now realities. Jesus often uses the physical here and now to bridge something spiritual truth. So he's using the concept of being born and being born again to try to get Nicodemus to connect to something. And Nicodemus, like me, like us often, we're just kind of not quite connecting the dots. It's like, hey, how do I go back inside my mother's womb? That doesn't make any sense here. And look what Jesus says here in verse 5. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is, underline these phrases, born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So here Jesus says, so here's born of the born of water means physical birth. Born of the Spirit, spiritual birth. So stay with me here. Jesus is saying, hey, Nicodemus, it's possible to be physically alive and spiritually flatlined. It's possible for you to be born of water physically and not born of the spirit spiritually. That's a condition that's real. You can be physically alive and spiritually dead. This is what Jesus is introducing. So he's saying, Nicodemus, the way you enter the kingdom of God, the way you join God's family is you have to connect being born of water physically alive. You've got to be born of the spirit. You've got to become spiritually alive. And you could see like, Nicodemus' face, like some of your faces right now, huh? Like, what is he getting at with this? See, Nicodemus would have been hung up on what you do to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus shifts it from what you do to who you are. You must become a different kind of person to enter God's family, of which once you become a different kind of person, of course there will be certain acts of obedience and desire to honor God's law. It's not that Jesus didn't care about those things. He was shifting here from religion. Religion is preoccupied with what we can do. 
Regeneration is the term. Regeneration is focused on what God does in us, for us, and through us. So it's the difference between religion, Dr. Nick's way, and regeneration, Jesus' way. And he's saying, hey, Nicodemus, it isn't about what you do and how well you memorize the Torah and how often you can recite it and the size of the books you carry around and the obedience to that law. It's not those things that provide entrance into the kingdom of God. It's actually you become a different kind of person. It's not what you do. It's who you are. Notice verse 9, Nicodemus. Let's see if he's connecting the dots. How can this be? <laughs> Nicodemus, he's probably thinking, why did I invite Jesus over to my house? Why, did I, why do we have this conversation, right? You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. Look at that praise. Man, that had to be unbelievable for Jesus to say. That shows you the degree of respect Nicodemus held in religious circles. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Huh? That'd be like going to one of your professors, right? You go and you visit them during office hours and you go to your econ professor and you're asking him a question about economics and he says, I can't help you. It's like, you're an economics professor. Isn't this an econ question? That's what he's doing right here. Hey, you're a religious teacher. How, did you, how do you not understand these things? Verse 11, I tell you the truth. Notice Jesus uses that phrase over and over again. That's another reason I follow Jesus. I'm all in with Jesus because I tell you that Jesus tells, Jesus is right about everything. I just decided that. He's just right. I may not always understand, but, it, but I've never come around the saints. You know, Jesus, you just missed it on that one. No, he's right about everything. Not just about the big ones, sin, salvation, heaven, and hell and those. He's right about that. He's right about everyday life stuff. He's right about how to build a marriage, how to lead your kids, how to handle money. Jesus is right about everything. I tell you the truth. That's why I'm in with him. So he says, hey, Nicodemus, I'll tell you the truth. You're a little confused. Let me clear up the fog for you. What does he say now? Verse 11, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. And you people there would have referred to the Jewish leadership group who were supposed to be helping people connect with God. And they're actually creating more of a problem in people connecting with God. So he's like, hey, you guys, you're supposed to be the ones people go to to get help, and you're actually hurting more than you're helping, which is a good commentary on religion sometimes. Religion gets in the way of people actually meeting Jesus. So that's what Nicodemus was doing. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. Verse 12, I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who's come from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. In your Bibles, write Numbers 21 in the margin right there. Numbers 21. So here's what that is. That's just a little story that he's throwing out there that Nicodemus probably taught on before. And it's a story when God's people were rebelling and they were whining and they were complaining about what wasn't going the way they wanted it to go. And God sent venomous snakes among them to get their attention and turn their hearts back. So the venomous snakes came and started biting the people. But, but at the same time, God said, hey, Moses, here's a bronze snake. Get this bronze snake, put it on a big pole. Tell the people if they'll look at the bronze snake that you lift up, the venomous snakes won't kill them. They'll live. So you see he's drawn this connection. Hey, people who they, they turn, they look at the bronze snake who's lifted up. You see what's foreshadowing 
It's foreshadowing the day when Jesus will come and be lifted up and people will find healing and help and wholeness in that. And he uses that connection. Say, just like the bronze snake, Numbers 21, so also here I'm trying to teach you about how you would be born again. Like Chuck Swindoll, I put this quote in your notes. I love what Swindoll said about this. When we acknowledge our sin, take complete responsibility for our guilt, and come to the Lord for healing, the point of evil loses its power to kill. <laughs> That's what he's saying with the connection between Numbers 21. So here's the here's story. So Nicodemus is anchored in religion. He's all about religion, what we can do. And Jesus is introducing concept of regeneration, what God does in us, for us, and through us. And to help visualize this here, if, if, Jesus, if Jesus maybe had these things in front of him, I picture he might have tried to help Nicodemus with this, this idea of trying to connect the difference and introduce a concept that's really important for the rest of the Gospel of John is how someone enters the kingdom of God and is born of water and the Spirit. And so I want you to think about your life, your heart, your soul like a sponge. And we come out of the womb with this thing bone dry. A dry sponge, meaning you're born of water, meaning you're born physically. So we're born with a capacity to have a relationship with God. We're born with a capacity to connect to the kingdom of God. We have that capacity that's being stamped with the Imago Day. That's Genesis 1-2. We've got this capacity. Our soul has an ability to connect and relate with God. But the problem is religion comes on the scene. Here's what religion does. Religion has this idea of trying to, trying to speak spiritual life into this dry sponge. and says, you know, read the Bible. You know, read the Bible. Go to church. Give your money. Serve. All these things, like yelling at the sponge, telling it to adhere to God's laws. And at the end of the day, it remains bone dry. There's nothing. Religion has all this external trying to speak life into it. And Jesus said, it's not going to get you anywhere. You were born in this condition. Religion will leave you in this condition. And here's the, the main takeaway from John 3 today is Jesus is introducing a wholeness and fullness of life that follow this now. It comes from beyond us, brings renewal inside of us, and produces blessing from us. That's what's being born again. So Jesus is saying, hey, you can shout at this sponge. You can tell yourself, clean up your act. Clean up your act. Hey, you want to say... I want, I want to live with more purity of thoughts and with my eyes. Stop looking at pornography. Religion just says, stop looking at pornography. And it doesn't change. Or start handling your tongue better. I want to speak with wholesome talk coming out of my mouth. Stop being so angry and, and gossip and slander and profanity. Stop that. And religion just, there's nothing on the change. And then Jesus comes on the scene and says, hey, here's what we need to do. Actually, what you need is you bring your dried up life and you bring it to me. And this is what you mean being born of water and of the Spirit. So what you do is you take your life. And here's what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, being born again is a life coming from outside of you that's poured into you, brings renewal on the inside. And then watch now. And then from that place, right, in life, and then blessing, it produces blessing beyond us. 
So the stuff that flows out of us has to start from beyond us. This is what it means to be born again. Do you see the difference? Are you tracking? So this is, this is John 3. This is a visual for John 3. Right here. And Nicodemus is staring at it like you are. You're like, uh. To be born again, the wholeness and fullness of life Jesus offered, it begins with a life that comes from beyond us. And it brings renewal inside of us. And the net result is it produces blessing beyond us. Church, do you know like, Do you know that this, this, is what, this is what our world needs? Do you know that this is what, you know the greatest gift, if you're married, you know the greatest gift you can give your spouse? Do you know what that is? This is the greatest gift you can give your spouse right here. Do you know what your marriage and your parenting need? This. You know the greatest gift you can give your extended friendship and family networks is? It's it's the life of God from beyond you coming and bringing renewal inside of you and then the blessings that flow from that. There's not one of us in here that sits and says, I don't, you, you don't want to become more like the kind of person Jesus says is possible. The question is, how does it happen? Religion is just going to focus on what you can do. And Jesus says, no, it's about regeneration. It's about a life that comes from beyond you, inside of you, brings renewal, and then blessing flows. And that's the hope for marriage and parenting and work and our relational worlds, the hope for any kind of change, the hope for a world that is so divided and fractured. What's the hope for unity in this place? It's the body of Christ receiving Jesus' life in us, renewing us, and then the blessings that flow from it. That's true hope. Can you imagine like Nicodemus in that house? Like he's thinking, who did it? And maybe maybe this morning you're like Nicodemus, like Jesus visited Nicodemus' house. Maybe this morning Jesus visiting your house. He's saying, hey, some of you right now, you're going through some stuff in life. And on the inside, you may feel bone dry and weary. You're trying to wring out of that sponge through your own wisdom and strength a kind of life that is not possible. And Jesus said, well, there's another way. And here's a little window into maybe what Nicodemus found. You know the next time we hear Nicodemus in the storyline in John's gospel? So I'm giving you a little fast forward. Several months from now, we'll hit this section. But let me give you a little window into what happened to Nicodemus. Check this out. It's up here on the screen and in your notes. John 19, Jesus is crucified. All kinds of tears, all kinds of bloodshed. There's a lot of, right, there's a lot of hurt in right here because Jesus is crucified. He, he's dead. Look, verse 38, John 19. Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. Verse 39, underline this. He was accompanied by Nicodemus the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. <laughs> Don't you love that? I love that. I think there's a good chance that Nicodemus, 
he, 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 bailed on, he bailed on the religion way. He bailed on just, he bailed on the external, just religious way. And somewhere along the way, he joined the Jesus way. Somewhere along the way, Nicodemus connected this because there he is at Jesus' tomb and he's bringing spices and aloe and, and he's helping prepare Jesus' body for burial. Gang, I think when we get to glory, I think we're gonna see Nicodemus. And I think he'll say, hey, why don't you pull up a chair and let me tell you what I learned about the difference from religion, what we do, to regeneration, what God does in us, for us, and through us. And so today, we simply bring what Nicodemus brought. You bring your one and only heart, your one and only soul, your one and only life. You bring it to Jesus, and he brings the wholeness and fullness of his life to you. And in that, you find the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thanks so much for preserving these stories for us. I thank you that Nicodemus uh, was curious enough to invite Jesus to his home. And the way you visited Nicodemus at night. Uh, maybe this morning you're coming to us, to our home, and you're saying, hey, bring your a dried up, wrung out, bone dry life and just bring it to me and let me pour my life into you. I pray you'd help us, Lord, help us to understand what it means to leave us working so hard on something. Through our own wisdom and strength, we try so hard to get things right. And today's about relinquishment and surrender and simply receiving the kind of life that only you offer. So maybe there's some here and this morning you're connecting some dots for the first time. Maybe this morning you're saying, you know what? I want to enter the kingdom of God. I want to join the family of God. All you need to do is to your open heart and your open life say, Jesus, come and save me. Pour your life into me. Bring renewal inside of me and produce blessing through me. I need you. Save me. And you can become born again. We want to be the kind of people, Lord, that are born of water and of the Spirit. So breathe your life into us. Bring the renewal inside of us and help us be a blessing to those around us. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.